Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike after day 5 of the World Test Championship final in any other test match this would be the end of the game but as we live in a new normal maybe we have to get used to this with a reserve day means that we could we could just see a result and a new world test champion I'm Kartikeyar and with me today first up Shamya Dasgupta hey Shamya how's your evening this is probably the latest we have spoken on these podcasts yeah good good night actually you know not the evening but yeah yeah it's 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 been great fun this test match i mean obviously 5 days are over and there should it should be a draw but it's so intriguingly poised that uh, you know there's a there's a buzz around and you, you want to just get day 6 started as soon as possible Yeah you know what for a lot of these days I've been cribbing on this podcast and maybe it didn't make the most pleasant listening to but today I'm a happy man Gaurav Sundaraman is also with us on Stump Mike today Gaurav today was I I don't know because we didn't get to see cricket for a couple of days but I felt that it was an outstanding day of test cricket overall you know I'm going to go the Varun route and say this is maybe one of the best days in the entire year Absolutely it was uh, I think uh, the focus is fully on the bowling quality of bowling was uh, outstanding today from both teams hardly anything was uh, uh, given uh, for uh, New Zealand as well as uh, India I think the middle session was slightly the one which kind of tilted the game it was going very well till lunch and uh, I th- I thought India just slightly maybe the bowlers were a bit tired and uh, they the intensity dropped and a quick fire uh, runs by the tail again as usual india's uh, biggest problem but having said that uh, still uh, really high quality bowling uh, i really enjoyed it yeah you're praising the bowlers so i'm going to ask you gorav stump mike you squid quiz master a question who is currently the highest scorer in the test match devin conway oh well done well done i, I completely forgot it he scored uh... I, i'm pretty sure it's rohit sharma Ah, you mean overall? Oh, yeah, you be... asked who's the highest scorer. Yeah. Fair enough. It, it could be Sharma. <laughs> Sharma and Sharma and the first innings got thirty-four, and, and in the second and thirty. So it's it's Rohit Sharma. So Gaurav. Okay, Shamia Dasgupta one, Gaurav Sundaram <laughs> zero. <laughs> well done, well done. But to to be honest, even I had forgotten that Conway had scored a half century. Yeah, the only one. Both yeah. the guys. Yeah, both the guys who got forty-nine. I think Williamson and Rahane yeah. were coming to my mind when I thought about it first. Shamia. Uh, What did you make of that opening session? New Zealand started at 101 for 2. They weren't scoring any runs. I I do not know the stats here, but it may have been one of the lowest scoring full sessions of test cricket that we have had ever. Yeah, I, you know, some of us keep going on about this and that's that might sound like irritating to some especially younger listeners uh, of of Stump Mike, but that's so much fun. Uh you know where where the bowling is incisive, the Indians I thought did one thing that the New Zealanders did not which was make the New Zealanders play make the batters play a, a, a lot more of course the New Zealanders almost seemed like the New Zealand fast bowlers seemed like getting a wicket every ball because because they were making the ball move so much you were always kind of you know any moment it would catch the edge uh, which did not seem the case initially with the Indian bowlers that's how they got to 100 out for two but uh, and it's not like they changed dramatically on the second day but they especially shami who suddenly started to get the ball to swing um was it after the second new ball or slightly before but uh, but but they changed their game a lot and their lengths changed in a big way and and things just suddenly got interesting because i i honestly i i'm honestly telling you that i thought 
New Zealand would get a substantial lead even if they, if they were not scoring runs because um, you know it, it just seemed like that when Taylor and Williamson were batting. But yeah, the, I mean the, the the Indian Pacers did a very very good job. I think you know quick one in the first innings and and you know uh, Karthik, you remember Gardner and I talking to you after was it the second day? Right, the first day of actual cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and us talking about how the New Zealand fast bowlers just got it so wrong, where they just didn't attack the stumps enough and, and didn't make the Indian batters play enough, and the Indian batters could just leave the ball on online uh, for for a lot of the a lot of the time because everything was swinging out. Um, the way the New Zealand bowlers learnt on the third morning, the Indian bowlers learnt today. Uh, you know, you know, just getting their lengths and lines right and and starting to ball, make the ball move around. Deshan Sharma started to bring the ball into the right-handers. Shami started to get the ball to go out. I think Bumrah was mm, probably didn't pick his game up enough. Uh, he was he was tight. Of course, he was keeping it on off stump, bowling quick, but but probably didn't do enough to get wickets, and therefore he didn't. But uh, you know, that, so it's a, it was fun, you know, in the sense that there are all these rain breaks which add a different dimension to the game, and all these fast bowlers, three on either side. Okay, four for New Zealand, not counting Gronom and three on India's side, just learning so quickly and changing their natural lengths and lines and attacks. And that was that was great fun. Outstanding. Gaurav, I'm, I know this is going to be an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Ishan Sharma or Mohamed Shami, who was better? Ishan arguably took the more important wickets, but Shami was absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think for me, it was Shami. Absolutely. Uh, the the fact that that ball to BJ Watling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, there's a flight going. Can you hear the flight sound? Yeah, that's that's not Ashwin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mohamed Shami's uh, ball to BJ Watling was really good. And there, like you had mentioned a bit earlier, a couple of deliveries actually swung so much that it, it was very hard for Rishabh Pant to even take. Uh, uh, I mean, after the ball uh, beat the bat. So, he was uh, relentless uh, in his approach. Uh, I know that the experts in the commentary constantly were talking about how unlucky he was, his length was not okay. I I don't think all that is too much of an issue for him. I think uh, bowlers like uh, Shami, uh, they know they have clear plans and I'm sure they've been executing certain things which may have not worked. And then uh, they started executing something else. And uh, and Kane Williamson played really well also. So you have to give him that. So wickets were not like you kind of expected a wicket every single ball. That's how they spoke about Shami's uh, problems. But actually, he was really, really uh, top-notch. Let's switch to Williamson though, Shamia. What, what do you make of that innings? Now, I know Gaurav said that he played really well. But always that question of intent whether we like it or not, comes into test cricket discussion. So, so what would, especially in that first session, because there, there is an argument to be made that the way he was playing, he put his fellow partners under more pressure. I don't get that, to be honest. I mean, I genuinely don't. I mean, here's a test match where it's been so stop-start that all batters have, have struggled, I, I'm sure have had problems settling back in again and again and again. Uh, you know, again, to go back to that second day, which was the first day where towards the end, Kohli and Rahane kept going back out in and out and out. And here are conditions so heavily loaded in favor of the fast bowlers, which is wonderful. I, I love the fact that this test is such a fast bowlers test match. Uh, I, I thought Williamson was dreamlike. 
I, I thought his concentration was magnificent. Um, soft hands. I, I think at one stage, Dinesh Karthik was it, um, who, who mentioned that, you know, if I were a cricket ball, I'd rather be hit by Williamson than Kohli because, you know, when Kohli hits at Savage, and or, or not exactly those words, but with Williamson, it's almost like caressing the ball. And, and that was that's so <laughs> true, you know. It, it's so beautiful watching Williamson bat. There's this whole Zen-like quality to him. And uh, I, I thought Ross Taylor was a bit disappointing to me because someone with that kind of experience looking a bit fidgety at times was uh, not what I would have expected, not at this stage of his career, not in the WTC final. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 Stupid to say this is probably last chance to win a World Cup, calling this a World Cup, of course. But I, I expected a bit more from him. And if Taylor at his, had been at his best, New Zealand could have run away with the Test match at that stage. Uh, you know, if they had batted for another hour or so, which Taylor was very is very capable of. Um, but, but but Williamson is is fantastic. I mean, you know, not getting into comparisons between who's better and all that. But Williamson is, you know, cut above most others. Both both Williamson and Taylor passed a few milestones today. Taylor passed eighteen thousand runs in international cricket. He's the first player from New Zealand to do so. And Ken Williamson got a move to the second highest run scorer in Test cricket for New Zealand. He moved ahead of former captain uh, Stephen Fleming. Um, it's so it's it's unfair, right, Gaurav, that there were comments coming in, and we we saw a lot of it on on Twitter, saying that Williamson's is already playing for a draw. No, I think it's just the conditions, the kind of batting they had after uh, uh, Williamson. Uh, we we saw it, uh, kind of uh, play Jamieson and Southie. They were all a bit aggressive and they were slightly risky in their approach, right? So you needed that kind of balance. I think Williamson played exactly at the situation. They had to play out time. The first result for them would have been a draw. And then secondly, they would look for the win. Obviously, they want to do that. Uh, the last thing, if, if Williamson had got out very early on trying to uh, maybe score runs or trying to play an aggressive shot, and then uh, maybe India would have gone up with a lead of about 70-80. Who knows, right? So, I think Williamson played perfectly. Um, they bought out time. They made sure they wanted to survive. Conditions were tough. Bowlers bowled really well. And he just respected the uh, bowling. So, I think, in fact, even the, uh, the shot where he wanted to uh, the shot in which he got out, uh, even though people say that he was looking to get for the get to 50, if I remember right, it was the last ball of the over. So I thought that he was just uh, going to take a single there to uh, maybe uh, keep strike. Yeah, yeah. It it although it does feel now going back to Shamia going back to India's problem with getting the tail out, and you would think these conditions they they, they surely can't repeat maybe some of the mistakes that they played made in previous Test matches. But New Zealand at one stage were 162 for six when De Grandhome got out. Will Jameson's 21 and Saudi's 30 with two sixes, I must add, come back to bite them? Yeah, you were talking about New Zealand records of Ross Taylor and uh, Kane Williams, and I was thinking about Saudi. Uh, you know, that's one record uh, not many people are going to get. But uh, he's, he's incredible, isn't it? You wonder where these sixes are and why he's batting at number nine. But anyway, um, you know, uh, yes, you're right. I mean, but but it's also true that Jameson is a almost a frontline bat- batter, you know. I mean, in the sense that, sure, he's coming in at number eight, but uh, he's he's better than that. We've seen that through his car- little, uh, the, you know, that we've seen of him o- over the over the past couple of years. He's he's a better batter than a, 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 a number eight, probably 
a number seven, uh, you know, in, in most teams, he'd be higher than number eight. He is where he is because of uh, Grandhomme and the Grandhomme and uh, what thing. Um, yes, you're right. But if you think about it, 162 for six, and then it was 192 for seven. So that's 30 runs. And then another, you know, uh, 29 runs before Williamson got out and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a low scoring game. So yes, those runs hurt the, the opposition. But, uh, but you know, also, it was also a case of three very tired fast bowlers for India. Um, uh, nine, uh, India first batted 92 overs, was it? 90-odd overs that India batted first. Um, 92.1, I've just checked the scorecard. And, and that was between five fast bowlers, uh, including Grono, you know, uh, who's, who's not fast, certainly, but, but one of the bowlers that could keep things tight in these circumstances. Whereas for India, it's three fast bowlers. Uh, Jadeja barely bowled. He came on right to the end again. Ashwin barely bowled. He got a wicket. Sure, but it's basically Ishant, Jaspreet Bumbra, Shami bowling 25, 26, 26. So that's, what, 60, 72, 77 overs. And that's a lot of bowling for fast bowlers. Uh, in good conditions, sure, but it, it tires them out. And that probably had an effect around that stage uh, after you know, uh, 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 Colin de Grunholm and uh, Jameson got out around that time when Shami started looking very, very tired. He was bowling at 80 mph or thereabouts, 130 or thereabouts. Ishant looked like he just wanted to leave the field. And, and that can happen. It's not ideal. If if Bumra had been a notch above what he was today, things might have been better from India's point of view. But uh, yeah, it, it was a phase where India didn't have the right personnel, perhaps, or... or the person in there. So, so let's let's have a conversation about this, and I, and it's definitely with the benefit of hindsight, Shamia. But then let's talk about India's selection. Does Siraj's omission now seem like a mistake, uh, especially when you have selected two spinners in Jadeja and Ashwin? But they they can bat better. That's without that goes without saying. It's it's extremely tricky. Um, would I leave Ashwin out for Siraj? No, I won't not. I I, I would not. I'm, I'm, I'm but would you leave Jadeja? I would leave Jadeja out, but Jadeja is not playing as a frontline bowler. He's playing as an all-rounder at number seven or, or, or thereabouts. And and Siraj can't play as a number seven. That means a tail that starts with Ashwin, Ashwin at number seven. And then you have four tail-enders. If Hardik Pandya had been around and bowling as much as India would ideally want him to do, I suspect Ravindra Jadeja would not be playing this test match. I, I, I still think Ashwin should be playing. You know, he's the best spinner in the world right now. Would you not want to see him in a... No, I, I would play him. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. You, you spoke about fatigue that definitely yeah. the India bowlers went you through. You know, that and is the key role that Colin de Grunholm plays, where, where he can come in and keep things tight and bowl, bowl these five overs just to give the fast bowlers a bit of rest. But India, in those circumstances where the two, two teams were kind of at par, couldn't risk bowling a spinner. And they had to eventually. But uh, because the fast bowlers were tired and the wickets hadn't fallen. But Siraj would have been a great pick. Great pick. But, you know, the other problem, if it had been three fast bowlers and Ashwin and Jadeja slash Hardik, which is not possible, it would have probably been Shami to sit out if, if Siraj had come in. It wouldn't have been Bumbra, who was probably the poorest of the three fast bowlers. And, and Shami was actually your best fast bowler. Think about that. I'd love to hear Gaurav's thoughts on this. Yeah, he has his hand up. 
So I, I kind of tend to disagree uh, here uh, in Shamo's point. Though I understand that he does say about fatigue, but this is one test match. They've had a big break yesterday. They bowled 49 overs the first day, uh, the previous day, and now today they had to bowl 55. So I don't uh, uh, 50 odd overs. Or, uh, I don't see that. Uh, if, if at all it is fatigue, then it's a problem with the uh, fitness and the kind of uh, st uh, structure India has purely because this is a one test. It's not like they're going to play five tests consecutively from uh, next week as well, right? So that's going to happen only in August. So if, I don't know, if I was the Indian team or I was uh, uh, in the Indian team management, you would want your bowlers to be, be give it all. I'm sure they gave it all. But even I felt that uh, sense of fatigue, uh, like Shamo rightly pointed out, but the fact is that I wouldn't play Siraj because of that. And uh, Shami and Ishant have done uh, really well. Bumrah was slightly maybe, uh, that is something uh, maybe India didn't expect. Bumrah was slightly off colour, uh, not his best. But I was just looking up at some stats and New Zealand have generally played Bumrah really well in both tests and ODIs. If you look at his numbers against New Zealand, it's not really great. Uh, so maybe New Zealand have just played Bumrah well. Uh, Kane plays Bumrah really well. Generally, he matches up well with him across formats. Uh, so I think um, uh, and Ashwin and Jadija together have scored 37 runs and taken three wickets. Okay, I don't think you can expect more uh, from them uh, in, in such conditions. So uh, the fatigue thing kind of worried me actually. Maybe they're coming back after because of such a big break. Maybe as a fast bowler, you need to bowl more overs to maybe have that intensity. I don't know that. Uh, but when I just took my mind back to Pat Cummins when he was bowling towards the last day of GABA, test after bowling so much uh, the previous test match and coming in still with that same intensity, I would think that uh, this is a World Test Championship final and you want uh, uh, the Shamis and Ishans of the world to uh, bowl with uh, the same intensity. That's just my view. Not blaming them, but I just felt that fatigue shouldn't be a reason. Just to make the point that I, uh, yeah, Karthik, just to make the point that I, I'm not defending the fact that they were tired after bowling those overs, but they oh, right. were, but they were, and it was evident. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. things happened the way they happened, I, I, and India had to turn to Plan B. I, I, I agree with Gaurav completely that uh, you know this is the minimum you expect in a, in, in the biggest game. Um, everyone talks about the primacy of Test cricket. This is the biggest game there, the ultimate test, and so on and so forth. Uh, uh, yeah, you'd expect a little more, but uh, that's Gaurav. Would you disagree that that's the difference? when a Kyle Jamieson or a Colin de Grenome are your fourth and fifth bowlers, who can, as opposed to Ashwin and Jadeja, in these conditions. Yeah, we, uh, we'll have to wait till tomorrow and see, because if, if it's sunny and if it's going to take some spin, then you might uh, want to, again, uh, rethink that. Like, uh, hindsight is a good thing, but in my in my uh, logic is that you play 11 best players, and I'm sure for New Zealand, Colin de Grenome is maybe better than Ajaz Patel. Whereas for India, Ashwin and Jadeja are obviously better than Siraj as a overall, as in they are your 11 best cricketers on the park today, which, which India have put. So I, I'm okay uh, with that. Yeah, and Colin de Grandome has a mullet. You, you, you just do not. Can we discuss that? Can we spend five minutes on that? <laughs> and the time so, he was very. So Shamia, you'll be able to tell us. Wasn't this? Uh, a why would I be able to tell you? I, I, because you're maybe slightly older. Okay, I don't like where this is going. I remember a lot of English footballers, the old videos that I see, I think in the early 90s or the late 80s used to used to spot this. Okay, I really don't like where this is going. Uh, why would I know more about mullets? Yes, they used to sport mullets. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, it, it. It's brilliant. I think it's, it's, it's a lot like some of us. I, 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 again, 
Alan Gardner is one of the others who just haven't uh, risked going to a barber shop in these last uh, 14 odd months because of the pandemic. Uh, I'm I'm another person, and and Colin de Grenoble just seems like a kindred spirit. You know, he just doesn't want to. He doesn't trust going out to get a haircut. That's all. That's all I can say. But it's, it's a fantastic <laughs> sight on the ground. It's it's such a throwback to. Uh, you know Alan Lamb and Ian Bottom or whoever else. Yeah, you know yeah. from the uh, mid to late eighties uh, playing cricket. It's fantastic. Okay, now Gaurav, you spoke about tomorrow, so let's get in. Remember last time? I think yesterday was or day before yesterday. Yesterday on the podcast, Gaurav, you gave us an entire scenario of what will happen. It has kind of played out similarly to the to the way that you said New Zealand haven't got much of the lead, but now what do Either side need to do to push for victory because we're here. We're at a final. I don't. I think only. I think midway through the final session, will any side, if if they do, will think of a draw. But until then, both sides will be going for the win. So, what does? We we'll start with India. What do they need to do to push for a win? I think having Virat in the middle is a big, big plus for India. He's going to constantly keep scoring. He's going to urge Pujara to also score. Uh, I think the intent was pretty evident in the last ten minutes of the game as well today. So uh, I think India will assess it. So that, that's what they did in Sydney. That's what they did in Brisbane, and I think the same mentality would be uh, continued. Uh, they'll see the conditions tomorrow, bright and sunny. No, not much swing. Good for batting. They might. Uh, play with a lot of intent. Maybe you might see a Rishabh Pant uh, uh, masterclass. Who knows? And uh, India might look to say give uh, uh, maybe uh, 45 overs at least, uh, which is exactly 50% of uh, what uh, maybe will be bowled tomorrow. So 45 uh, overs and give New Zealand maybe uh, 200. For that, India have to hit another 170 runs in about 45 overs, which is just about. Four runs, which is not easy. And in this test match, we haven't seen that at all. It's been hovering around two, if It, that. Exactly. So I think that. So so look, it's not like we are expecting them to score sixes and all. You don't to actually score about three point five to four is not too hard. If conditions get slightly, but if it's going to be like today, constantly swinging and you keep losing wickets, you're not going to see that happen. I'm just giving uh, being optimistic from my Indian point of view that this is the that's the only hope of. Victory, and again after that, after in the 45 hours, they have to bowl, get 10 wickets, right? So it's not going to be easy at all. Uh, from a New Zealand's perspective, it's a lot more straightforward. Just come in, get early wickets, try to bowl India out for 120 to 150, and then uh, uh, look to chase down uh, that score uh, down. That's only New Zealand's way. But if India don't start well, uh, and if Fujara is at the crease, for example, you would start seeing them uh, going in survival mode. And uh, oh no, then we're going to start getting comments about Pujara and Intent together, and I and I don't think I can handle an, another day of that. Yeah, you may not be able to, but India would take that any day with uh, Virat Kohli uh, and Kane Williamson picking up the mace together. Hmm, there's a nice symmetry here. New Zealand, Shamia finished with a lead of 32. India have finished the fifth day of the WTC final with effectively at 32 for two. Where do you see tomorrow heading? Call it. <laughs> no, but, but is that yeah, what's going to happen? Uh, though, what do you think is going to happen? You know, I'm, I'm obviously going to be stating the obvious, but the draw looks the likeliest result. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about what is it? Uh, 98 overs? Uh, 90, yeah. Overs? I think I think 98, 98 is the overs. maximum, unless the innings change happens during. If it's not during a break. Yeah, I, I wanted to actually pick. Uh, I wanted I wanted to pick you pick your uh, brains on that, guys. Uh, see, 
no other game would you see these kind of things happening where the actual overs are not being bowled and uh, the game needs to hurry up a little bit right you can't you had to potentially play 96 overs today if i'm right and they didn't manage to bowl that the last session 8 196 in total over two days so 98 per day but they did lose uh, uh, six overs i thought yeah, due to a late yeah with all these fast bowlers bowling yeah so the the fact is that i think over rates need to be really uh, looked upon uh, you can't like with so much uh, uh, time lost due to rain the last thing you want is overs not being completed imagine i know it's a very bad example but imagine a football match where they're not able to play 90 minutes it's never going to happen but yeah uh, it doesn't happen in any other sport where you don't complete what you're expected to complete so that's very disappointing i would want to see uh, somewhere uh, new rules coming into shamya can i tell yeah. you something from yesterday gorav has been at uh, how cricket needs to be a lot more flexible in fact not from yesterday from the start of this can, can, do you have any words of comfort for i, I wish you had warned me about it i would have composed my thoughts but but you know cricket is a very different game um you know uh football time wasted 5 minutes you play 5 minutes extra manchester united wins fine but uh, you know that's when the referee comes <laughs> in and make sure manchester united win right that's how it works i'm not a football guy but that's that's <laughs> the rule but uh, in, in cricket it's a bit difficult different you know it's not about you know test cricket can't be played under lights unless you start with a pink ball because of the red ball which becomes difficult to spot under lights so it can't go on beyond a point um It, it, it's tricky i don't think yeah i don't think it's possible beyond a point but stricter penalties and i wonder what those penalties are because obviously finding the indian team 100 rupees or 200 rupees or whatever it is doesn't matter because the board which is extremely rich pays it uh, uh some other boards but but, but maybe something like like if the wtc takes off and we saw this example but, from but yesterday but points are not points are not yes That's exactly so if, if it right, takes off i think Australia west indies didn't make the cut mm-hmm. right because it was one of the one of the yeah contributing factors at least and west indies to, haven't to won the... any points in the latest round but they've already lost points is that correct right? exactly <laughs> I, i think that I, was I think counted for the hurt. previous if round that happens, the, it will hurt. yeah um, yeah so you see maybe that kind of penalty will work in the future and, and if the wtc does take right i mean when it comes to football which is the only other example we can use right now that's what gorov brought up um wherever in the world you play it's going to be 5 minutes right whereas in india you can bowl 90 overs in a day very easily because you're going to be bowling about 60 70 overs of spin whereas in new zealand or australia or england or wherever you're going to be bowling 70 odd overs of pace which is a completely different story i i'm not saying this is the right answer or this is the problem or anything like that but it's a very tricky uh, sort of thing to get into i would i completely agree with gorov that you know 90 overs in 6 hours of cricket is Yeah, it's the least you can do. But, and saying uh, that at least in such situations like today, reduce the lunch break, reduce your tea break, make sure you bowl those overs, have a fixed amount of. You don't need forty minutes break then, right? In in ODIs when people go after twenty, like if they. they I really know. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. They do reduce the time. I'm just saying, be uh, dynamic in your rules and. Try. I I I hate to bring this up again. Bring this up again, Gaurav. But have you seen the lunch they're serving there? I wouldn't want any reduction in in that but lunch break. But anyway, guys, I think Miller and Naga have been showing us doesn't take. It's not like a five course. <laughs> it's not like a run and uh, tandoori chicken or whatever else. It's 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 worth going to take more than ten minutes to eat. Yeah, I think I think it looks so good that that you just feel like sitting there, maybe taking a photo of two, putting it up on Instagram, and then enjoying your food. Yeah. Okay. So I think this is a discussion that maybe 
it it needs a bigger panel and it yeah. definitely take a longer time so quickly we should talk about hmm absolutely quickly guys this is the final day to make your predictions the draw is out of the equation kartik has taken it out so you have to pick a winner either india or new zealand and because you have to do that i will not hold you to it tomorrow if it does end up being a draw gorav we'll start with you how about a tie and they share the trophy now oh, that that would be fun that would be something shamya see i don't think india can win this um you since you're saying draw which is the likeliest result is out of the discussion here i don't think india can win this the only winner outright winner can be new zealand because uh depends on conditions depends on whether the sun comes out in the morning whether it's cloudy etc etc but uh, i don't think india can declare before say midway into the second session or or closer to the t just to be safe because you're not going to be scoring at five runs and over you know so to get to that point of safety you have to bat till at least an hour after lunch or more and then there might not be enough time to bowl new zealand out and it and it would be shamia it would be something new right for the, for the captains as well because you maybe you don't approach test matches like this as a final maybe you do sometimes in a decider in a bilateral series but this is this is something else and at some point virat kohli or kane williamson or both of them will have to make a decision of if they're going for the win or if they try and now try to save the test match etc a lot will depend on conditions i think the forecast is is good for the day but i i think it has to be one of those situations where and i'm not being evasive here but i think this test match has been so dependent on conditions and so influenced by conditions that i don't think beyond a point you can you can go too far i mean kohli batted for a little while today and got hit on the helmet um you know and that was when yeah light was dimming a bit but it was still uh, you know today today the second half at least was better conditions for batting uh, compared to most of the other days um you know three wickets in the first session tomorrow and new zealand are probably chasing 150 in you know 40 odd overs uh and it's and it's more likely that they'll get there than than india i mean you know draw likeliest if you want an outright winner it probably new zealand have a better chance hmm all right we'll have to wait and see till tomorrow it's it's, it's exciting when the predictions say there won't be rain and we're going to get a full day of cricket in the first ever world test championship final between india and new zealand gaurav and shamya thank you so much for joining us on stump mike thanks much thank you